Welcome back. How are you doing? All good. Um, took a week off to recover from that uh, task of the Cape Town Marathon, but um, I'm, I ran again today for the first time, which is eight days post-marathon. Okay. A little light. Uh, supposed to be six six Ks, but I didn't quite make six Ks. I needed to go around the block a couple of times. <laughs> Fuck that. It's, it's enough. <clears throat> but all good. Yeah. That's great, man. That's great. Um, I've been working with um, a non-profit, uh, trying to get South Africans home uh, from the Middle East. There's a bit of knee-jerk. Obviously, anybody who is in that general region is now feeling um, threatened. Exposed. Exposed. <laughs> Just yeah. a tad. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's fine when they're making the money, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm making the money. I'm working on the on the edge. Now yeah. I'm over the edge. Help. Yeah. Fetch me. Yeah, like, please, please, please get me out of here. There's not enough flights. Nobody's flying in that region. Or... So I, I've been tied up with that, and um, uh, I've been writing. Um, my weekly two weekly articles um and and in doing all of those things i <clears throat> sorry i realized that it's coming up to a year um uh, since my mother-in-law and my sister passed 30 days apart and um I remember saying to you a week ago, uh, two weeks ago, that we needed to talk about this topic because I had one very specific idea in my head. This was pre-realizing that the one-year anniversaries were coming up. And I thought, okay, well, you know, um, we need to consider our own hubris. We need to, we need to think about um, our place and our space in the world and, and what that looks like and, you know, legacy and all that other kind of stuff and what's important um but today i got a phone call from a from a lady a woman who uh i served with she was an officer in the fire correction center so she had never deployed as in outside the wire and um known and seen death i don't ever think that she witnessed the effects of her work she's in the fire correction center she doesn't she doesn't go to ground zero to see what she's done so yes she would deploy uh, she'd be on an fob or she'd be on an outpost and she would do what she does um infantrymen and operators who go out they do what they do they get to see the the effects of their work and they come back and her son is 24 years old now. And he has just signed up to be a reserve in Israel with the IDF. Um, they live in Oklahoma. She's, she doesn't, she can't fathom. It's, it's the first time, like, she's got this badass sort of, like, mentality. We need to get things done. Let's do it now. She, she knows how to manage the crisis but she's never had to manage the crisis under fire yeah and now her son is going and he will most definitely be under fire and she's like what's it like how do you deal with it and it brought a new dynamic to the phrase that sort of encompasses everything that we want to talk about tonight memento mori 
the first time I heard the phrase was when I was in two up and one of the guys who was just breezing through the selection process, you know, and he stood up, he's like, oh, I got this beat. I can do this with my eyes closed. And one of the instructors walked by while we were sitting chowing and he's like, looks at the, at this guy and he says to him, Memento Mori. And he's like, what the fuck is it? And he points up at the high beam and it's etched into the high beam. And he says, "It this was etched maybe 30 years ago into the high beam for people like you. And he walks off. I had my little uh, pad. It was a, it, it, it's a dope book, but I didn't use it for that purpose. It was things that I wanted to remember about the selection that would aid me later on. I made these little notes in there and I, and I scribbled down Memento Mori. And years later, I found this dope and I want to go and find out what this is all about. And it took me down a rabbit hole of so many writers through the ages with opinions on this from Greek philosophers to um, uh, Roman Stoics to um, modern day authors who had some opinion about this. And, and I've always sought to re to understand that and, and to apply it to my own life. And as I lost friends, I realized the importance of coming to terms with one's personal mortality. Uh, going through the through the world and going through life as if you're going to live forever, it's not possible. Certainly when I was 25, I believed I will probably, I'm, I've got lots of time left, lots of time. And when I hit my 30s, I realized that I'm getting older. When my dad started getting ill more often, I realized my dad wasn't going to be around forever. And if he's not around forever, it means that I won't be around forever. And when I came to terms with that, going off into the ugliness of the world again, I had a sense of peace and calm. I wasn't concerned that I was going to die or that I, that I might die or that something could happen so terribly to me. I felt free. And over the years, every time that I've done stuff and, and, and I've learned new skills and I've become more aware of, of my abilities, I felt more free. And, and the point is that being liberated from the fear of death is probably the ultimate freedom that you will ever experience. Um, not holding on to that thing is so important for you to expressively, deliberately, and gratefully live the rest of your life. Yeah. And that's really what I wanted to what I wanted to talk about this evening. Yeah, when you when you spoke to me about the subject, I, I, I obviously did the very basic research on what memento mori means, and found a whole whack of quotes from you know forty fifty different people, some Bukowski quotes, and each one of those things has a different interpretation. Mm. So I'm like, well, everybody seems to have a slightly different different opinion about the same 
meaning. But obviously then, like everything in life, it has a specific meaning to specific people. Yeah. Um, and and for myself, when I read through these quotes, and, and I've had two weeks to look at these instead of just a few days as normal, <laughs> but the idea is that I was trying to work out for myself what memento mori means. And, uh, you know, like you, you say you came through the literature, I came through the art, the symbolism of, of the Stoics, uh, of the memento mori in the Stoic that. Uh, paintings the michelangelo's the skulls the reasoning behind the skulls the reasoning between the crossbones but the reasoning behind um shakespeare's yorick and the skull mm. those things that you 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 see and you don't quite grasp what they intend with that but the symbolism is universal the skull the skull in the hand the yep. skull on your jacket on the warrior's emblems on on all of those things the the idea is that if you recognize that death is always in the room, you get to live. Mm. But when you fear death and you hide from death, you don't live at all because you're spending your entire day avoiding something which is inevitable. Yeah. So we are living our lives, in my understanding, is we're living our lives incorrectly because we're trying, trying to stay away from death. You should embrace it. Accept it. It's going to happen. There's nothing anyone can do to stop that process. Um, and we're all busy dying as we speak. Mm. But if you don't live here and now, you're dead already. Mm. You know, and that's what most people forget is that by 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 hiding away and being cosseted in a safe place, you're not living. Yeah, you're pre-dead you know and that is kind of how i see it i mean that's my 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 position I, again I'm, I'm struggling to find a specific that suits me um but what i've realized is that fearing death is death mm. and living life is important much more important than 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 being so sheltered and being so cautious and careful and obviously don't risk your life but at least risk something so that you are, are living on an edge um, and in that edge you have life and the, the purity of life is so much more than, than sitting on your couch eating five hamburgers and drinking all the beers and you know scratching your fat ass. It, mm. It's better to be out and about living the life, seeing the views from the top of the mountain that you walked up, hiked up, ran up, you know, uh, walking across the desert, experiencing that experience, those to me are living experiences. Whereas a lot of the time I watch people who fear death, who fear the finality of it because they're not sure on their faith. Um, they fear something because they don't know what's going to be there. Mm. You know, I believe there's going to be nothing there. Mm. This is life. Mm. This is it. So live good here and now make your life valuable yeah i think maybe that's why so many men um when they hit that like 40 years old they go through this process where they are confronted by that mortality and nothing that they've done up until that point is good enough for them and they need to change it they need to i mean we there's there's the anecdotal and and maybe the the funny comedic um instances where the guy needs to buy a sports car yeah he buys a motorcycle he gets a young girlfriend you know 
because it 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 adds value to his life and it changes things and in his mind it allows him to live another life another version mm. this is 2.0 yeah yeah that i'm living now but i don't know why you have to wait until that point to live 2.0 i think the one of the things that i've read about because i'm i, I experienced it is the physiological changes that happens in the 40s to 50s you have a natural drop off of testosterone production mm -hmm. so your male vitality becomes less mm. and one of the things that boosts that is the younger girlfriend the faster car the living that slightly dangerous life mm. thing you know doing the things that you did when you were younger trying to rehash and to refill those feelings and emotions and they do stimulate uh, uh, testosterone regrowth it does stimulate it for a while um and but then after a while that levels drop off so you know women and we all know women go through menopause and it happens everybody all women know about it they all talk about it men go through the same thing yeah. the natural testosterone drop off which is called andropause um and the thing with that is that we don't as men don't talk about it we end up with prostate cancer which is a direct result of lower testosterone levels so we have all of these things which are indicators and markers of it but we don't talk about it mm. because we fear it we're scared of it because we don't understand it we don't have magazines explaining it to us we don't have it on you know cosmopolitan or fair lady or those discussions and and around the tea parties the women are talking about it whereas we don't get to do that we don't understand our natural um aging process and because we don't understand it we fear it yeah which is then as i said you buy a stupid fast car and you drive like a twat mm. and you do all those things that you think bring back your youthful experience but it actually is giving you a slight boost of testosterone production for a little while and you look cock stupid and you you do and it's no point having a you know 4 million rand supercar if you don't if you drive like a dus you know yeah. you should stick to your subaru or your your um what else your volvo or one of those things and be safe rather <laughs> well, i mean it's 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 also it's it, maybe it's because i live in the realm of practicality what must it do and does it do the job i have approached everything like that i i didn't have the same effects with um loss of testosterone as most people do because up until this year i haven't decided what next year looks like for me yet because i'm in a position of pivoting yeah um but i have up until this year I've still been operating. I've still been doing stuff um in that in that vein. Um I'm still on the range uh, if I'm not on the range twice a week I'm at least going to be there once a week trying to make sure that that skill stays where it is. There's a lot of physicality, there's a lot of running and moving and 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 rolling and crawling and and doing stuff after you have put your body through stress. Which I'm doing more of now because I've lost quite a bit of weight, mm. and it's, it's getting easier. It's easier yeah, to do it now. Absolutely. Now I'm pushing myself to that next level because 
I'm not being tested anymore. So I've never had that experience where I could feel um, that that uh, loss of adrenaline. But I have had the feeling of I can't do what I did at 25 anymore. Yeah. You know, it, it was 10 years ago this year, the last time I did a windmill. Yeah, I was there. I was there. First R62. I remember. Um, I remember, fuck, we don't have enough Voltaren in the house for this. If this goes wrong. (laughs) Thankfully, it didn't go wrong. Um, But I'm there where I'm I'm, I'm able to do it again. You know? Uh, But I think it's about, for me, it's, it's, it's not because I want to remain young. I want to remain useful. Yeah. Um, As opposed to youthful. I'm quite comfortable with being the age that I am. Uh, I didn't waste my life. I listen to people when, when, when they, when somebody else talks about me and they say, are you sure there's not enough time in the world for, for everything that this guy has done? Um, and then a lot of the times I didn't ha- I didn't know what to say to people when they say that, because I mean, they're being facetious in, in, in their response. And a friend of mine said, <laughs> replied and he said um, just because you are an underachiever don't look at what other people have done <laughs> and then look at it in disbelief that's a perfect response you know and it's my response now yeah um, but I think <clears throat> I think the, like I said to you the greatest way to liberate yourself is is to to embrace death when my father died I went to um to a couple who were death duelers and I didn't go there because I needed them to help me understand I went there because I wanted to be able to use language that would help my mother and my sisters through this process because mine is very simple somebody would come to me and say to me that person's dead and I'll be like that stuff that's that then and then we move Mm. on because the sum of the greatness of this person isn't wrapped up in the fact that the person has died, but it's everything that this person had uh, done while they were here, everything that they had accomplished. Um, and I don't think that that's the end because we're going to celebrate that person. Yeah, We're always going to talk about that person. We're always going to make sure that that person's memory is kept alive. Um, so when the person dies, it's just part of the process. <clears throat> so when I went to this death dealer, I understood what death is like. Uh, the, the, the greatest uh, eureka moment for me was that I'm trying to understand death as a living person. But death has got nothing to do with me. Yeah. Death is the business of the dying. Yeah. So simple things like when I'm saying when 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 the person's laying in hospital, and the person is moaning and groaning, my automatic response is, he or she is in pain. Give them more drugs. But maybe he and she isn't in pain. Maybe he or she is remembering something as they're trying to put mm. all of those those bits of unfinished business into little boxes in their in in their head before they leave this place. It's, it's them lamenting 
but not having the power of speech anymore. Yeah, or celebrating. Or celebrating. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is in that space, we have no idea until we get there ourselves. So are are we celebrating the life well-lived? Are we regretting the things we didn't do? Are we regretting the mistakes we made? Or are we celebrating? I mean, I would like to think that that we would be celebrating. Um, You know, I think that the the separation of all the people from the family putting them into homes i understand the practicality of it but we're losing our understanding of death mm. by making it remote my father died in the home um he needed 24 hour care he had alzheimer's um he was he had no idea who we were mm. you know he didn't recognize the nurses and doctors from day to day mm. he was completely gone the, it was just the shell of the man and the me- the mechanics of the shell kept him alive for probably a year after he the light in the eyes had finally gone mm. um and for myself my mom and my sister it was it was quite a relief when he passed mm. i think that you know watching the the shell um wither and fade he was less than 50 kilos when he died Mm. um he was skin and bone it was it was not great to look at um but for us it was a relief Mm. because he finished he finished his transition he became or did went to wherever he's going to um or he went to go and join the spirit world if, if if that's what you believed you know i felt that I wanted to speak to him yeah. and I couldn't. He couldn't respond. I couldn't talk to him. But the moment he died, it was almost like if I said a thought or I, or I thought a thought, he could hear me. He knows it. And he yeah. could respond, which was kind of a, a weird thing because the day after he passed away, I was, um, it was in COVID time. So we weren't allowed to move around too much, but we were allowed to be outdoors. I went to, into the mountains with a friend mm. and we, we took a hike and he was not fit enough. Mm. He was not ready. He was not healthy enough. He, he struggled. It wasn't a long hike. Uh, I think 13 Ks, uh, 13 Ks being a, the reason we did 13 Ks. Mm. Um, and he really physically struggled. So when I was expecting to be in the outside, feeling sorry for myself, feeling sorry for losing my father, I ended up having to not carry, but help this friend through this uh, task that he really wasn't prepared for. Mm. And it made me realize sort of towards the end of the task is that I'm not allowed to feel sorry for myself because there are other people that need help. Mm. So feeling sorry for myself would have closed doors and locked people out when they needed my help. Yeah, And it was cool because it gave me an idea that even though my father has passed, my duty here has not ended. I need to help, I need to serve, I need to mm. still be part of the living. Yeah, um, I had a conversation with my, my son a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about um, what he's going to do when he leaves school, and you know, whatever we're going to, where we're going to go, or where he's going to go. Is he going to go study? Is he going to do something? Or he wants to take a gap year. I'm like, cool, the gap year is fine, but a gap year is not a, a a year at home playing on your Xbox. A gap year is where you go and find a job, and you want to do anything, you pay your own way. Mm. You go and waiter. You go and 
wash cars, whatever it is, um, you know, go to, we've got friends and family all over the world. You can go to friends in New Zealand and go and work on the farm. We've got friends in Wales. We've got wherever, friends in Norway. They've got mm. ski resort up the road. They're always looking for foreigners just to have a different flavor of service at the at the ski lodge. They'll take him on because mm. they're friends and family. Um, uh, you know, we, 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 we spoke about going to work in, in on a kibbutz or something like that, which obviously that's not probably not the best idea at the moment. Yeah. But who knows what it's going to be like in a year's time. Um, so the discussion was, what is your dash going to be? Mm. And he like looked at me. I said, we're going to the graveyard. I'm going to walk you around and we're going to look at these stones. Mm. And you'll have 1964-2008. What is that? Everything about that person, that name above, the, the, the smart comment underneath or the biblical verse or whatever it is that's on that stone. It's all about the dash. Mm. What That's is, actually the most important yeah, part what, about it. What is your dash going to be? Because the death is just the final number. Mm. The birth is the first number and the death is the final number. But your entirety, everything about you is in that dash. Yes. And what is that dash going to be? Because in three generations or four generations, everybody that knows you, everybody that knows everything about you, and people that knew somebody who knew you will no longer be around. All did. So all they'll have is that stone, and they'll know this was family, but we don't know how or why. Mm. And that's his dash or their dash. Yeah. And that dash is what this to me is what Memento Mori is. Mm. What is in your dash? You know, that dash almost needs to be like a microchip or a, a microdot. Remember yeah. back in the old days when they put all their information on a microdot and hit it yes. in the letter? That's that all that information, all your bytes of data. Um, kilobytes, terabytes, whatever it is, are in that dash. Mm. And that, to me, is what Momentum Mori needs to be. What is that dash? What is your dash? Yeah. How does that dash impact on the world and on your future generations? Uh, yeah, I think you almost need... You need you need to consider yourself the centurion and you need a manservant. As you're walking through life, somebody that reminds you be aware that there were others who came before mm. you who did great things. You're standing on the shoulders of giants already. Yeah. Um, and and remember that while you are celebrating your successes, we must all die. Yeah, We all come to this place on our own. And when we leave, we go alone. There is not a single funeral that has a line of trailers with all the fucking things that the person had acquired yeah. over their life that goes getting to buried with them yeah, yeah none of that you know and the only thing you get to take with you are your tattoos your tattoos definitely so come get more tattoos so you got more to take with you more to take with you yeah i'm definitely taking a pistol with me <laughs> um yeah just you can't be cremated if you're taking a pistol yeah no you. it's yeah that's the other thing and i and i want to be cremated i don't want to I, I guess I'm handing it off to somebody who deserves it. Um, your point earlier on about being being of service and not being able to feel sorry for yourself. I have a different take on it. I believe that there is great catharsis in pain. There is great healing in the letting in of pain. I don't people say sh like shit like and i fucking hate it strongs what the 
fuck does that even yeah. mean? Strongs, yeah. You know? Yeah, I... Go fuck yourself and stop <laughs> saying stupid shit, man. Um, or people will say, you have to be strong now. No, fuck you. I don't need to be strong. Mm. No, I need to drink every single moment of this pain in when somebody, when somebody leaves. Having done that, when my father passed, when my mother passed, when my sister passed, when my mother-in-law passed, and the many, many friends um, who, ha- who has passed uh, over the last 30 years, um, naturally and unnaturally, I've allowed myself to drink that in. And it's given me an opportunity to familiarize myself with death. It's not something that is taboo. It's not something that when somebody dies, I, I, I say something like, I don't do death, I don't do funerals. Because I've confronted that, that pain. I know what it feels like. I know what is expected of me um, by, the, by the other people. But I also know what is expected of myself. There's a certain reverence in the finality. There's a certain way of uh, approaching it and 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 being being grateful to the family and saying to them, "Hey, I I I appreciate the time that I had to be exposed to this person." And I'm and I'm a greater I'm a greater source of comfort. Comfort, not not distraction. Um, I will always say. I had a brother whose dad passed this this year. This year, his father passed, and he went to go and see his father last year, um, where he was already not doing great. And his his dad also served. We went to go and visit his dad in mm. Oatsone, and I wrote him a letter. And I'm always when I when I when I think about it, I'm I'm always wondering, is are the people who are with this person going to say the things that he needs to hear? And I and I look at myself and I think to myself, I would want to know the things that I need to hear. Yeah. And if they can't do it, then I'll do it for him. So I wrote him a letter. I gave it to my friend. I said, give this to your dad. And I wrote about the type of man that his son was. I wrote about the pains that he's going through. I wrote about the fact that he needs to understand that he's coming to the end of the line and he needs to be grateful for the time that he had been here he needs to embrace the people he needs to tell them what they need to what they need to hear and the last time i spoke to him on the phone that's what he said he said i'm ready so we need to become ready you know we need to we need to we we have to stop living in the distraction the fucking Springboks are winning. <laughs> Great. Don't live in the distraction. Yeah. Live in live in the moment. Whatever you're doing now is important. So fucking do it well. Yeah. And if it is your time and you need to die, many people don't understand. I think it's a macho thing when they read anything where Vikings say something about having a good death. That's absolutely important. Yeah. Absolutely important. Have a good death. I think a good death is the culmination of a good life. Yeah. 
if you've lived your life to the fullest, death wouldn't you wouldn't fear it because mm. you've done what you needed to do. And I think that we're quite lucky that we've got to the ages we've got to. Many people are peers from our from our youth haven't made it yep um you know i lost people from probably 14 15 the first couple of times i lost people friends and then bikes took a couple of friends at 16 17 18 mm. military service i lost four or five friends to training accidents and stuff that happened on the border well, there you go um, we can kill 1.4 percent yeah fine. and and you know it's kind of like the, the the absence of those friends is painful. Mm. But I've lived long enough to honor the fact that they didn't live that long, yeah. I think. Um, I would like to think, let's rather put it that way, that I lived the life that they couldn't. Mm. So I need to be grateful for that because they didn't. It reminds me of that fucking opening scene, Saving Private Ryan. The old man collapses in front of uh, Tom Hanks's Tom Hanks's headstone, and he turns to his wife with tears in his eyes, and he says, "Have I lived a good life? Was I a good man?" Mm. It's the last thing that Tom yeah. Hanks says to him at the end of that movie, where he yeah. says, "Earn this." Yeah, that's the fucking thing about it. Earn this. Yeah, and to and to and to dying well, you fucking can't die well. Yeah, if you are diabetic, and if you have. All these fucking things that are wrong with you, you're going to die, cuck, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm gonna telling be, you now, it's not gonna be. Yeah, it's not gonna be comfortable. <laughs> it's not gonna be comfortable. It's already something that fucking creates anxiety. Yeah. But, but to die, sort of a a a, a malingering sort of like fucking yeah. squeezing the last bit yeah. out, and no, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. So, you know. In, in preparing for your death, you have to do that while you're living. You have to be healthy. You, you, you have to be strong. You have to be, and only if you're healthy and if you are strong physically, can you cultivate a strong mind. Yeah. And that is what you need to be able to transition well to the other side. You can't fucking do it if you fucking... I need so much fucking drugs just yeah. to fucking deal with whatever's happening to me in that end. Yeah. I don't want that. I want I want a, a lucid experience. Yeah, you know. And if I'm if I'm living in a way where I'm I'm only applying hedonistic logic to my existence here now, then I'm going to fucking need a lot of drugs yeah. Yeah, yeah. to get me to the other side because you're going to be a mess. It's gonna be a hot mess. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of those quotes that you that you came up with? Sure, man. There are so many. Um, the one that keeps jumping out at me at the moment is the one from Steve Jobs. Um, remembering that you're going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. Mm. You're already naked. There is no reason to follow your heart. I thought that's that's pretty rad. Mm. Um Francis of Assisi said, remember that when you leave this earth, you can take with you nothing that you have received, only what you have given. A full heart enriched by honest service, love, sacrifice, and courage. That's right. Mm, I like that That's one. very good. That's very cool. Uh, Salman Rushdie said, with death comes honesty. Well, you should know. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Uh, E.M. Forrester said, death destroys a man. The idea of death saves him. Mm. It's interesting, the quotes though, particularly the Steve Jobs Mm. quotes. I've read quite a few uh, articles and and books that references his his fight in the end where... I think it was they they equated his his process very much to that of Steve McQueen when they were trying absolutely everything in the end to beat the clock yeah to get more time out of it uh in Steve McQueen's case where he went I think he went to India or somewhere mm. and really just try to you know come up with this pie in the sky idea for how he was going to survive but it it didn't work yeah and and from what i read it was it was quite sad i don't want that to be the epitaph for me i don't want it to be wow after all of that time that is what he decided to yeah you know i think the thing is if you've broken yourself if you are damaged goods damaged goods and you are not healthy enough to live with quality of life then why bother? Mm. You know, it's kind of like if you if you want to live longer, live healthily, mm. live stronger, live live purer heart, live it, live with service, and maybe your health can get slightly worse, but you need to keep it better so that you can do the service, mm. so that you are living a fulfilled life, not just living pure numbers. You want to actually live something of it, yeah. which I think is very important. I mean, it was some of the happiness that I got last week when uh, a lot of the matrix were um, getting the awards and they had the valedictory the next day and listening to these kids. And obviously, I wasn't expecting any of them to say thank you. It's teenagers. I mean, they don't like fucking think of anything like that. But at least 10 or 12 of them come up to me and say, Thank you for the words. And, and and some of them, all I did was just speak to them. Um, and that was great. I, I, I appreciated that because it, it reminded me that it's a different kind of service. Yeah. You know, my service has always been very physical. Um, this is a different service. This, this requires time and a lot of fucking listening as opposed to let me do something to fix the problem. Yeah. Here, when you're working with kids... I don't know what what to fix because half the time they're not telling you. Yeah. And I don't know how to do it, but I've realized I'm 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 useful just because I'm listening. Yeah. I think a lot of times adults don't listen to children. Mm. They just palm them off or brush them off and like Ugh, stop being stupid, man. Mm. And that that is it's so important to actually listen. Yeah. But it's also catching them at a time when they want to speak mm. because that is almost like rocking horse shit. You've got to like track it down. You know, you've got to get your marauders map and, and hide mm. under your cloak and go and find it because they're too busy being lost in the hot mess of hormones. Yeah. You know, and, and they, 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 they are up, down, sideways, round and round. And if you can catch that moment of clarity, you can get, some great insights out of them mm. and and hopefully give them some information some pertinent information at the right time yeah because you can say 
a thousand times how to do something or not do something, but they're not listening. So there's no point. But if you get them at the right time when they are listening, 100% you win. Yeah. You know, you get that through into that inner soul and that inner soul will hold on to that for the rest of their life. Yeah. And perhaps the, the service that you're doing with these kids is actually just giving them the opportunity to say what's bothering them. And by saying it, they can then learn to focus and fix it. Yeah. And you know, we, we as men are always looking to fix. Yeah. Um, and the conversation often is with when my wife comes home from work bitching and moaning about this, that, and the other. I'm like, okay. Do you want me to listen or do you want me to give you a fix? Yeah. Do you want me to listen? Cool, I'm listening. Absolutely. You want me to fix it? This is how we can do it. And quite often it's just, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to listen. I just need to talk it through yeah. because once I've verbalized it, it's gone. Yeah. Finished. Um, and that's all they need. Sometimes it's just to speak the way, speak through it, and then it comes out the other side. True story. True story. Um. Are we destined to make the same midlife crisis mistakes as men? Do you think that our society will ever embrace the concept of an end for us? I think we're too current. Mankind is too self-absorbed mm. in the here and now. There's no future planning. There's no nothing other than social media, likes, dislikes, um, the 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 virtual signaling of what's happening in the world, and all the people jumping on the bandwagon. You know, we are so caught up in thoughts and prayers mm. and strongs, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 all of that bullshit. If you really cared, you would do something about it. Yeah. You know, thoughts and prayers mm, means fuck all, absolutely nothing. Rather keep quiet because all you're doing is adding to the noise. If you want to help, do something. Find out what needs to be done. Gift of the givers needs physical help. They need financial help. They need donations. They need, if you have a connection to somebody who can supply 10,000 liters of water bottle that can get put on a pallet or is already on a pallet and get shipped out to where it needs to be, that is more important than your fucking wasteful thoughts and prayers so if you really care you would actually do something and to me that's just it makes me mad that people pretend to care and they really don't because next week they care about something completely true else. story true story amen to that brother <laughs>